Damon. Hello, Dirich, bonjour, hola, Evelyn O'Rourke here, and we are back with Study Hub, the podcast that is about all things Leaving Cert. And you can download us every Wednesday or tune into Drive Time on RT Radio 1 on Wednesday evenings too, where I'll be bringing some of the highlights of our advice and tips on the programme, but let's get on with it. Now, we know that over the last couple of years, the Leaving Cert has been through so many changes. I mean, there were no exams and the new phrases like accredited grades and all that kind of thing. So the big thing for you, for the cohort of 2023 is, is the Leaving Cert back as it was pre-COVID? I mean, everyone tells you to go back over papers and do them over and over. But which ones can you trust? Do you go back to 2019? And this is where we come in because at Study Hub, we're going to bring in, drag in the best experts and teachers that we can to give you some advice. So what do we have from this first episode? We're going to start with English. The highest number of candidates take this. And it's an amazing course, as we know, from the finest poets to the best dramatists. It's a great syllabus. It's ambitious, but it even has movies. Movies like this one, starring Eddie Murphy from Trading Places. I'll bet that that man could run our company as well as your young Woodthorpe. Are we talking about a wager, Randolph? Is there a problem, officers? Oh, Woodthorpe. I'm glad your parents are not alive to see this. But no, wait, wait, now this is totally preposterous. I'm not a thief. Hey, Randy, Morty, this is nice. I like this. Free slime ball. Moi? Put that gun away at once, Winthorpe. You lost your mind. Do you have any better ideas? Yeah, you know, it occurs to me that the best way you hurt rich people is by turning them into poor people. <laughs> Eddie Murphy there in his breakout role in Trading Places part of the English syllabus this year first though today we are going to focus on paper one we've Connor Murphy from Skibbering Community School in Cork on the line Connor will address both higher and ordinary level papers we're keeping him busy we'll also discuss the music paper with Susan McCormack so many elements to this paper and again Susan's going to share her expert tips with us and then one of the joys of this course is of course that you get to listen to this kind of stuff when you do music and call it study now if you're stuck to the desk this evening as well or avoiding the desk someone else that we have in studio is going to help you is Gordon Weldon and Gordon is a guidance counsellor at St Connet School in Dublin and he'll be here to tell you how to study effectively and not just doing what I used to do which is flicking through the pages email us anytime at studyhub at rt.ie but as I said first we're going to start with English paper one now Connor, I know that one of the things you say every year is in preparation for this for paper one people can start to think big and maybe look back and listen to big political speeches as a way of turning on the kind of the, the big ideas in there brain. So before we get to hear your big ideas in your brain, let's have a listen to one man, see if you recognise this guy, work out what the speech was, if it was effective and why. Looking at what is happening in this country, the changes that are taking place, that is why private sector investment is flooding in. More private sector, more venture capital investment than China itself. More billion pound tech companies sprouting here in the UK than in France, Germany, and Israel combined. And as a result, unemployment, as I leave office, unemployment down to lows not seen since I was about 10 years old and bouncing around on a space hopper, my friends. And on, on, the subject of, on the subject of bouncing around in future careers, let me say that I am now like one of those booster rockets that has fulfilled its function and I will now be gently re-entering the atmosphere and splashing down invisibly in some remote and obscure corner of the Pacific. And like Cincinnatus, I am returning to my plough. And I will be offering this government nothing 
but the most fervent support. Former British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, there's certainly a wordsmith in his own way. That was his resignation speech in 2022. And I suppose what we're saying is, look, think about his choices of words. What was he saying? How was he saying it? And all that kind of thing. And while you're chewing over that, let me welcome Connor Murphy into the study hub. Hello, Connor. How are you? Not too bad, Evelyn. How are you? Great. Well, I think we're all a bit silenced after being reminded of that speech. It's quite extraordinary stuff, a good inspiration for our Paper 1 students. But remind me again, in terms of Paper 1, Connor, you and I have spoken the last few years, all the tweaks and changes. With 2023, what are the students looking at with Paper 1 to start with? Is it back to old familiar pre-COVID times? It's back to all familiar pre-COVID times. Paper 1 didn't change huge amount over COVID, it must be said. It just options were, take, were, were given rather than the actual structure. So the paper will look exactly the same as it always has. It's two hours and 50 minutes long. It's 170 minutes. And then it's broken down into three sections, A, B, and then your long essay. So the A, a is 50 marks and the B is 50 marks. And then the essay is 100 marks which is 25%. So you've got 170 minutes. It's the best way to look at it rather than the two hours and 50. And you can break down your timing then accordingly. So if you give your, if, if you break down the timing, so you can read it for about 10 minutes. You do your A for about 45, your B for about 45. And then the long essay, give yourself at least an hour and 10. And if you can shave any time off the A and the B or even the reading, then you should do that and add it to the essay at the end. Now, students this year choosing their section A's and section B, what is your advice around that? How should they be thinking as they turn over the page at the start of the exam? Right. When you, when you go into the exam, you turn over the page and you, you have a little look at the A's and the B's, but you're concentrating on the B's initially and you're picking which one because all students should be able to do any of the A's. The A's are the comprehension and they're very structured. So you should be able to do any of the A's there. But the B's, there might be one or two B's that are a little bit different because the B's are like little short little essays. There can be uh, talks or they can be letters or journal entries. And some students might prefer to do one or the other. So you pick your B first and then you read your essays at the end, the seven titles, and then you go back and you read over the two A's that are left for you and you decide which A you're going to do. And you read the, the bit in bold, the first paragraph, and then the questions, especially the third question, because that's the genre question and asks you about style. And you want to make sure that you, you're good at that because that's a 20 mark question. It's, it's, it's uh, the highest marks of the three questions. So you pick your B, you read your essays, and you go back and you pick your A, paying particular question, attention to the third question on the A's, and then you fire away. So the big nugget that you have there is that you have started thinking about your essay. You're, you're, you're compartmentalising, right? And that's taking away the back of your brain. But do not start with the essay. Oh, God, no, don't start with the essay. Some people, some some students do that and they think it's great. But don't. Leave the essay to last because as you're reading the A and the texts, your, your brain is working. The background is maybe even picking up some ideas from the text as well. And especially then you're answering question on the style and how this particular writer uses style and uses the genre techniques. You can use those as well. It reminds you, gosh, I better use those myself when I'm writing the essay. And then the B is like a little practice as well. And then when you go into the essay proper, you've got all of that background working away in your subconscious and your subconscious is ready to help you out when, when it's needed for your hour and 10 minutes. Now, as you and I've said before, students are very aware of studying for paper two. You know, what poet's coming up? Like that's the perennial. But they've got to study for paper one. And what you're going to say, I'm sure, is that that selection, that correct selection of your essay title, that's stuff you can really have thought about beforehand and have a strategy. Don't just wander in. Uh, paper one is lovely and it's the best thing to study as well. It's the, it's, 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 you always your say half that. An hour to an hour study. <laughs> it's the best paper. It's such a beautiful paper. It's terrifying it for some creative. people though. 
well, they should embrace embrace the terror and and see how what they could do and try and twist it. Okay, so you got your your seven titles. You as a student now, you're kind of used to. You know which ones you're you're better better at, or which ones you prefer. You might prefer writing a short story or or a personal essay. And if you're one of those that is absolutely terrified, then you're going to write persuasive speech. There's always this persuasive speech because it's persuasive speech of a certain structure, and there's a list of techniques that you can have ready to go, and you can write them all down before the exam starts, you'll free write them down, write down your structure, and that's your fallback. Because if you listen to Boris and his space hopper speech from earlier on, <laughs> you, you see how easy it is. If, you know, all you have to do is a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and you put them all together and get a nice structure and you're away and you know what's you know what's happening then. Now the big things again here, tone. Tone is so important. Tone lines, genre lines, all those little strategies. Talk us through those because I think these are really clever. Okay, so the tone line is is my favourite one because students always find like how how who am I talking to? Target audience is crucial for paper one and paper two as well, but especially in paper one when you're told it's a magazine or or it's um, a farewell speech to God only knows who in terms of bars. So if you <laughs> imagine PM, a timeline. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine a timeline uh, on, your, on your sheet. So you draw a line and on the left hand side, you write down the word dog and you draw the line and on the far side, you write down the word God or judge, whichever is your preference. And that's your tone line. Who are you talking to? Are you talking to your pet dog? Are you in front of a judge? And along then, along the tone line, you're moving along. So next to dog might be, well, I, I, I hope it wouldn't be, but it might be parents or teachers, but hopefully they're further up the line a little <laughs> bit. It'd be friends and then maybe parents and then maybe teachers and then maybe your solicitor or the principal and then at the far end you have the judge or God. And where are you on the t- where are you on the tone line in this particular task and make sure you're hitting that tone correctly. And the other one then is the genre line. The genre line is um it's is is for your B especially. So the B is kind of, it's a little bit all over the place, but you want to know what kind of genre that you use and the techniques for each genre. So the same idea again, it's a, it's a line and on the left-hand side you've aesthetic and on the far side, on the right-hand side you've persuasive. So persuasive speeches are very technical and follow the rules and you have this technique and that technique. Aesthetic, you have techniques as well, but it's freer and it's more kind of subjective. So where are you and the genre are you? Is it all aesthetic or is it a bit of narrative or is it in the middle information or is it going towards kind of opinion or, or argument or is it full on pers- or full, full on uh, persuasive? And where are you on that genre line? And that'll dictate what kind of techniques you want to make sure you're including in your writing. Now, lots of budding writers are going to bound into the exam hall, only thrilled to be sharing their short story skills and ideas with an audience, with their with their marker. But a short story daunting, isn't it? But there are t- things, tips that you can have in your back pocket. Like, again, you're going to say you don't have to just rock up and see what's there. You can have a few tricks and tips ready to help you structure wise that will help you tackle the short story because it's not a short story workshop. You want to make that very clear. We have to be strategic even not, when it, you're being creative. Yes, you have to know what you're doing. So the, the the tip for study is read a lot of short stories if you can get your hands on them and look at the, sh- the structure, especially very short stories because you're only writing uh, five or six pages. You're writing a really short story. And when you go in and you read the two options, because there's usually two, and come up with your ending first. So decide exactly how you're going to end it because it's the classic setup and payoff because you need to know the end in order to know where to begin. And I've said this, I always say this, bore my own students with it. It's the classic horror movie you want somebody to get stabbed at the end, you have somebody at the beginning chopping up a tomato with a big knife and that knife is going to stab that person at the end. It's as simple as that. There are other simple things as well. It's one location is better off 
up to up at the most three characters, preferably two. Um, but the main character, you put them into that one location and you decide whether uh, what they, what do they want, and then you decide, am I going to give them what they want? or I may not, or I'm going to give them what they want and at the very end, you take it away. And the twist as well, because they are looking for a kind of a short story structure a lot of the times with these stories. So I came up with an example. Go on. If you want me to, if you yeah, want to. Go for right, it. so, okay. This is a new example. Nervously, yeah. <laughs> so imagine there's a guy and he wants to watch Below Deck. It's on Channel 4. It's a great show. and But he, he, he can't record it or anything like that. Okay, so he wants to rock below deck. And he, so I have to decide, am I going to let him watch it or not? And I say, well, I'm going to make it difficult. So he gets his biscuit, his last biscuit. He sits down and he can't find the remote control. So there's the obstacle now. The obstacle is the remote control. So now he has to go and find it. And there's the dog running around. Oh, the dog has the remote control. Tackles the dog. The dog has won't let go. So the man has to give him his biscuit, which you set up at the beginning. <laughs> the biscuit is gone. The man sits down, presses the remote control and discovers the batteries are gone. And he doesn't get to watch. <laughs> God, I'm, I'm, it's a very moving story. I'm in tears here. Listen, the <laughs> other thing you were talking about was students kind of overprepared. And we have a lovely, delicate phrase for this. Uh, this is a technical phrase, I gather. This is the vomit essay. Tell me a little bit about that, Connor, please. OK, this is the vomit essay. And I came up with this... Um, uh, recently, I won't say creating my own students, creating a friend's, a colleague's students, I put it that way. A vomit essay is where a student just throws on everything. So they've planned the essay, right? And they think that's great and it is great, but they haven't done anything with the plan and they're just vomiting point after point after point after point without really much thought. So for instance, in 2018, there was, a, there was an essay, um, what was the essay? Write a personal essay reflecting on what you perceive to be the pleasures particular to youth. So imagine this person has, has like five points and they just vomit them all down without any thought. They haven't done anything. They haven't added any techniques. They haven't any personal touches whatsoever. And that's the vomit essay. So what you want to write is a Billy Brennan's Barn essay instead. Now, Billy Brennan's Barn essay um, is detailed because one, it's not just any barn. It's Billy Brennan's barn, who presumably is a friend of yours. Secondly, it has alliteration. So you've thought about the, the, the musicality of the name as well. So instead of just vomiting any old points down without any thinking, you're actually concentrating on the techniques you want to use and you're drawing the audience in. So no more vomiting, more Billy Brennan's barn. Well, and also, you know, one of the greatest phrases or quotes ever from an Irish poem. We love all that. Look, Connor, we're going to talk about ordinary level in a minute because I know you have some specific advice really around timings and things. But I'm kind of enjoying this thing that we're doing of rooting through this brilliant syllabus. So I have another quote here, another little clip that we're going to play. And I mean, when we're looking for inspiration, you know, who better than Shakespeare? And if you really want to be inspired, who better even than Michael Fassbender being Macbeth in Shakespeare for leaving, sir? So this is real study, but it's Michael Fassbender. Upon my head, they placed a fruitless crown and put a barren scepter in my grip, thence to be wrenched with an unmanial hand. No son of mine succeeding, if it be so. For Banco's issue have I filed my mind. For them, the gracious Duncan have I murdered, put rancors in the vessel of my peace. Only for them, to make them kings. The seed of Banco, kings. 
Macbeth there, of course, from this year's syllabus for English. Now, Connor, ordinary level, I know that so much is similar, which is great. But just, I suppose, the last thing I want to ask you about was in terms of um, the amount of pages, because students always ask this. And you've very good advice around the exam papers and just having a little think about their actual presentation. Maybe talk us through that, Connor. Okay, so the exam paper now, it's a little bit different. So I'll, I'll go that and then I'll go straight into the ordinary level. So the exam paper now, you have to write on specific sheets that are going to be uh, scanned and sent off and correctors are going to correct on screen. So they're a little bit di- different, but all the students, I think, on their pre's will be writing on these new sheets. So use a black pen, first of all, because don't use a pencil. Black will stand out best. Blue is okay, but black is better. Definitely not a pencil. Uh, write on the blue line only. Don't write at the bottom of it. And you keep within the box. Uh, itself. But the other thing is that the boxes are a little bit narrower okay, because it doesn't fill the whole sheet like it used to. So what you need to do is you need to do a little word count yourself to see how many words you're filling into the box. Because there's about a usually in uh, between 200 and 250 words per A4 sheet depending on the student's handwriting. So in leaving cert your essays are going to be between maybe four to seven pages, depending if it's a speech or it's a short story or something a bit longer. So you've got to keep an eye on that. What we're telling our students is that it's about a page more than you would usually write. But you're better off doing a little word count yourself and seeing where you are in terms of the new format and the new copies you'll be writing on. In the ordinary level, it's pretty much the same structure as the higher level. It's all the same. The A's and the B's, you do the same thing in the essay. But your target and what you're aiming for is a little bit different. You're aiming for maybe at least two pages for the B, whereas in higher level, you're aiming for about three. And you're aiming for, excuse me, uh, three to four um, in terms of the essay, whereas in the higher level, you're aiming for definitely for four plus. So be aware of this, the, what your, uh, and be aware of the word count for your essays and just have a little look at that, especially after the pre's and have a little word with your teacher about that to see where that's going. OK, Connor Murphy from Skibbering Community School. Thank you so much as ever for all your help and advice. And we will talk to you again, I'm sure. But for now, we will let you go. We are going to move on now and we're going to move on to one of the most gorgeous topics really you can do in the Leaving Cert. I mean, imagine you get to listen to this and call it homework.
Oh, I love the leaving search and go from trading places to wafting around the studio with the sounds of Tchaikovsky's Romeo and Juliet Fantasy Overture as performed by the London Philharmonic Orchestra playing away. I'm delighted to be in studio now. Their next guest, Susan McCormick, who's Assistant Professor in Music Education at Trinity College Dublin, was previously head of music at the Institute of Education. Susan, we like to consider you an old friend to study hubs. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Music, of course, went through so much during COVID because you had the performance element of it. Flute players at one point were nearly a pariah, do you remember, yes, in the early yeah. days for the practicals. Where are we now in 2023 with the music exam? Is it recognisable from before? Is it familiar? Talk us through that. It's very much like it was pre-COVID. So if we talk about the performance exam, the practical exam, that's exactly as it was pre-COVID. Um, those exams taking place from the 20th to the 31st of March, so the two weeks prior to the Easter break. And they'll be required, students will be required to perform their four pieces or their eight pieces or their, their six pieces as it was pre-COVID. In terms of the written papers then, we have listening and composition. So the listening paper has a slight change to it. So there are four what we call set works on the course and one of the set works has just been reduced slightly in content. And then in terms of composition, students will be required to do two questions as it was pre-COVID. Um, a slight change in that they're only required to do melodies and harmonies in keys up to three sharps and three flats, major and minor. But that really makes no odds. Now, question five always on Irish music has two parts to it. Talk us through that question then. Yeah, so question five is Irish music. The first portion is a listening portion that's worth 15 marks. And then we have an essay question worth 10 marks. So there will be five options to choose from from the essay. Um, traditionally, there are only four options. So we do have an extra choice there too. So there are little bonuses along the way. It's little, interesting, isn't yeah, it? little touches. Little touches. Okay, question six. Now, people can be nervous about this because this is the unseen. It is. It's How the, do I handle that? <laughs> Where's my head at with well, that? Well, it's the piece of music that we haven't studied in class and it could be of any genre. It could be jazz, musical theatre, piece of Western classical art music. But really what you want to do with this, and this applies to every aspect of the listening exam, is to start to become an active listener in the car when you're listening to the so radio. So go when looking you're for new music. Yes, or, yeah. You know, music and I mean, any know. music you can engage with yeah. in a really active way. So as you're listening to, it could be, I don't know, Justin Bieber, whoever it is, um, start thinking, okay, let's have a listen to the melody now and start to ask yourself, what's, what are features of the melody? Is it moving in step? Is it moving in, in, in leaps? Let's focus our ear now on the accompaniment. Do I hear chords in the accompaniment? Do I hear scales in the accompaniment? And that really is the key to doing well in the listening exam is to get that ear so highly trained over the next little while. It's a bit like being a gymnast or being, sure. you know, going to the gym and, and training your muscles. We yeah. want to train our ear. And if you do little and often every every day training your ear, that ear is going to be a highly, highly skilled muscle by the time we get to the exam. Excellent and an excuse to listen to Justin Bieber and <laughs> Now, then they have a break of course before doing the composition paper again, I mean nothing's easy in the leaving search right but you know a tough challenge there again six questions to it. What are the timings you know, how do people kind of prepare best to work on this, yeah. this part? So there are six questions, students are only required to do two, one melody and one harmony. Now interestingly last year, there's an hour and a half for this paper as it always has been, last year students were only required to do either a melody or a harmony within the one and a half 
half hour slot. Now they have to do both as it was pre-COVID. So there is a bit of a challenge here to make sure that you are really quite strict with yourself in terms of timing because nobody's going to be standing over your shoulder saying it's time to move on to the next question. So my general rule of thumb is that you would spend about half an hour on the melody question then move on to the harmony if you okay. haven't finished maybe about 50-50 minutes on the harmony and then you've 10 minutes to play with to come back to your melody to check over everything because generally the harmony question does take that little bit longer because because suppose there are more steps involved the melody question is one that I really want to just emphasize the importance of practice with this okay because this is the question that is so hard to get high marks and I hate saying that but it's true um, the, uh, examining... Where do people go wrong? Like what's why is it such a challenge to I think a few things marks? happen first of all there's this tendency to feel like you need to be you need to kind of go mad okay. and start you know being really all over the place and that's not what the question is asking I mean if we look at question one continuation of the given opening we're looking for a continuation of the given opening in the same style as the given opening so if you start you know people think they have to up, throw rockets at yeah, it like, yeah. yeah. And, and really that's not what we want on the other side we are looking for a beautiful shape and I always kind of think of the melody as um, you know to look at it visually as well and see do you have those beautiful curved lines we don't want zigzags we also don't want flat lines we want these beautiful curved shapes where you've got those climatic points within your phrases and it's it's you know it's got a beautiful range to it but really thinking from of moving from left to right um in terms of that very natural melodic flow now we mentioned earlier the practicals were daunting during covid uh, i gather we have an update now in terms of masks and precautions and all that can you maybe give us some clarity around that yeah so Susan? really there are no rules in relation to what students have to do i know before we had to, to stand at right angles and all of these sorts of things so really you stick to whatever procedures are in the school that you're in if there are any rules and regulations in your particular school you'll follow those but from the SEC perspective it is as it was pre-COVID you do not have to wear masks there's no specific distances that need to be in between you and your accompanist and the examiner and so on I suppose with music technology one of the things that um, I employed over over the COVID period and I, I would be inclined to keep is to have maybe an extra screen for the music technology so that the examiner um, can be that little bit further away from the student um, and it also is nicer for the student that you don't feel that the examiner is kind of sitting on top of you too much. Indeed. Well I think that's all positive you know I think it was I thought it was really tough on the students and the examiners who are rooting for you you know it they want was, you to play yeah, well yeah. but it was a oh, really tricky for years. And they, they do. really want you to do well. It's nerve wracking anyway yes. but masks and all that just yeah, added a real yeah. Layer. Well, look, thank you, Susan. We're going to hang on to you for a minute because I want to draw you back in a few minutes' time, get some more work out of you. But I do want to mention that you've very kindly given us some additional resources. I know some videos on RTE Learn. We're going to pile up everything that we have on RTE Learn. RTE Learn is amazing. They're like the busiest people here supporting all the work that we're doing here, supporting all the additional resources and notes and bits. So we're going to try and get our teachers to give us extra content and it'll all be there on RTE Learn. Um, yeah, they're the people doing the real work here as opposed to me. But there you go. Now, Susan, while we digest everything you have to say we're going to take another clip we're just going to try and keep this theme going of just inspiring you with just throwing things at you throughout study hub that just suddenly make you change a mood or maybe make you think about something and we were talking earlier about speeches and the importance of speeches and listening to them in terms of you know opening your mind and this is another speech an extraordinary speech um, made by Al Sharpton on January 7th you'll remember that young black man called Tyree Nichols was killed in a savage beating in Tennessee by five black police officers but at the char- emotionally charged funeral they were announced civil rights activist Al Sharpton he 
gave this passionate eulogy to the congregation. Just listen to the power of his words, what he wrote, how he delivered it, the tone, the message. Just something really special happened in that eulogy, I think. So here's a little clip. What touched me, I was raised by a single mother. Daddy left when I was 10. Mama raised my sister and I on welfare and food stamps. Touched me is when I heard him calling for his mother. Just like George Floyd is calling for his mother. Something you'd have to be a black man. That the only thing between you and disaster was your mother to understand what calling for your mother means. Somewhere deep in my heart, I understood Tyree. Because the only thing that kept the kids from laughing at my banana sandwiches in in school, because she couldn't afford enough to put meat there, but mama would make it all right for me. And he knew if he could just get mother, that they would quit beating him and quit stomping on him. Al Sharpton there, an extraordinary speech. And it's just to try and throw these ideas at you and a little inspiration just to get you kind of thinking in the big ideas, you know, and try and, and try and get you going there as well. And we're going to move on now because in terms of trying to get you moving and inspired, I'm joined by another man in studio whose job and aim is to do that. We are joined by Gordon Weldon. Gordon is Career Guidance Counselor at St. Conlitz in Dublin. He's also uh, part of the consultant panel there at careersportal.ie. Gordon, you're very welcome to the programme. Now, Gordon, we have had... Uh, Lots of chats about music and English and all these different things. But, you know, you want to talk about the student, regardless of what subject choices the student, you know, it doesn't matter what they're doing. They all are the same. They all have to go into this exam hall. And for many of them, they've not done a state exam before. You might talk us through a little bit about that, about feeling swamped. What can you do if you're sitting in the room going, I don't know what to do here? Thanks, Evelyn. Um, yeah, I suppose the most, most important thing they need to think about is they're not alone. Um, when they look around them, they've got huge pillars of support. Um, which range from the parents, uh, the subject teachers and a guidance counsellor. Because it can feel lonely when you're sitting there at the desk and you go, everyone else is studying and why can't I crack it? And my mocks didn't go the way I wanted. And, you know, it's a hill to climb and the clock is ticking. Yeah, the clock is certainly ticking. All right. But um, I suppose everybody needs to find out where their shoe fits in terms of what they want to do at the end of it. Some are aiming for 625s. Some are in for 300s, some want to do apprenticeships for their education. Um, it all boils down to perspective. So the pillars you're talking about is start with the folks at home. Yeah, so <laughs> the parents, uh, I suppose, get the grunt of it all. Uh, That's the glamour gig, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, look, my advice, I suppose, towards parents, guardians is just be patient. Um, you're going to see your child evolve into this grumpy, snappy, uh, and in some cases, very over helpful because that's part of the avoidance um, area. What, empty the dishwasher? Oh, absolutely. Asked. They'll rush out of that room, to, out of the study <laughs> room to make sure that's done. Um, I suppose environment is really important. Um, the parent must provide an area within the, the, the home that's quiet. Um, so commit very, to that. Like this area is now Sean's for the leaving search. This yeah. is what this household is doing. This person's study is number one now. A quiet room and to ensure that the people within the home acknowledge that this child has gone through the stress, keep the, the volume. used to get down. the good room in my day. If you were doing the leaving search, you got the dining room table. You know, it's a version of that. You kind of knew whoever that they were a gobber, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Nutrition is very important as parents like stock up on water. Baraka works very well. Snacks. Um, stay rigid towards meals because um, okay. if meal is set for six o'clock, keeping that routine um, I suppose helps the child build around. Okay, that. so push them to have their dinner with everybody. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Um, avoid constantly pressurising them into study. Um, I, I would advise go with a reverse psychology. It's their exam. Um, you know, if they want to achieve what they want to achieve, just got to sit through it. Just remind them then again, but not overpressurise. And I suppose the big thing we always say here, yes, it's an exam. It is only an exam. It is. You know, it's it really to keep is. that. It's very hard to keep that perspective. Yeah. But we try and kind of dampen down that. Completely. Um, phones. OK, so I make a peace deal. I advise there's no point telling them they can't have the phones. Really? Because that's going to cause that more anxiety. OK. Um, be reasonable with it. Uh, don't let them take it into study room. My advice on that. Rewards. Talk about what is going to happen at the end of this. Talk about whether you're planning to take them on a trip away or to let them out with their friends on that famous summer holiday <laughs> that they do. Oh, nerves. Yeah. I won't go too far into no. that. Jeez. So that's the basics of the parents. Um, listen to Connor and Susan. Uh, I'll shift over towards the subject teacher. Like, they are the experts. Listen to what they're saying there. The student must engage with the teacher. Um, and they're allowed to. The yeah. teachers want to hear from them. Like you were saying, we were chatting about this before. They're as into this as you are. They want you guys to do well. Do you love? I, I, there's, there seems to be an understanding between students that they, there's a fear of asking that question. Um, what can, how can you help me here? Post-mock exams is so important. We're in this period right now. Um, discuss the exam results. Ask, in their opinion, do you think it's suitable to do that? higher or ordinary level paper. They're the experts. Um, just ask the teacher to give advice and paying attention to certain areas. If a student hasn't put in a, a lot of work over the last year, they need to focus where they're going to get the points from. And the teacher will be best um, placed to give that advice. The other thing that's interesting, though, is everybody has different strategies, right? I remember having flashcards all over the place and post-its and all that kind of thing. You reckon there's three different ways that students like to study and it's to find out what works best for you. That's useful. Yeah, I, as a guidance counsellor, we do loads of assessments with students, personality, multiple intelligence. Um, so in terms of learning styles, there are three. There's visual, auditory and kinesthetic. Um, it's very important students figure out what that is. Um, that works in towards their study skills. OK, terms. so visual is what? That's me flashcards. Yeah, visual. Yeah, graphics, PowerPoints, uh, pictures, videos, auditory, uh, sort of one to one conversations, podcasts group discussions, oral presentations, and in the kinesthetic, it's just kind of the tactile, more kind of flashcards, hands-on activities, note-taking, role-playing. Okay. So know what you work on. And then boxes, right? I love this. This is old school, but it works brilliantly. Tell me about me boxes. What am I doing? Yeah, so I'm going to call this the boxing clever approach, OK? <laughs> okay. I'm, going to, I'm going to patent this. Um, so, OK, the, the average subjects, students normally study seven subjects, roughly. Um, Organise seven boxes, OK? Within that sev seven boxes, label each box in terms of your subject, obviously, uh, the level you're studying and the colour code. Okay. Colour code will be related to green, amber, red. Is green, green the subject I'm flying at? You're flying at. The amber ones, you need to pay a little bit more attention and the red ones will flag now, post marks. Yes. So that's where you're putting attention towards. Um, inside that box, you'll have exam papers going back probably the last five years. You'll have marking schemes accompanying those for the last okay. five years. Study notes. Know them, know them. It's all there, yeah. Yeah, and it's all accessible through examinations.ie. Um, 
study notes again make sure the study notes are relatable towards your learning style or else you're look you're staring at pieces of paper that don't relate to your 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 learning style so that makes sense um exam paper rough work paper um space repetition spreadsheet i'm going to show that big word out there and um, there is a forgetting curve um that i have a kind of a nice resource that i'll pass on afterwards uh, right. if needs be and have a laptop leave the phone outside Okay, so the process of doing that is when entering the study area, leave yep. the phone outside, uh, bring in your boxes. So I'm doing bo- biology, say. That's a red, yeah. right? Down in my box, work through it, close the box and close put it away. Box. And that's closure. You're yeah. saying this is, we like that in our human brains. Yeah. Now, big controversy in my house is whether or not about phones. You've already touched on it. And music, right? Susan, where do you stand or listen to music while you study? Oh, I think it depends on the type of music. Uh, I love a bit of Palestrina. It is brilliant to just kind of calm you down, center you, and it's not too distracting for me. I find classical music, like Mozart, a little bit distracting because I, my analytical brain goes. You get carried I, I away. get carried away. But a bit of Palestrina, it would be absolute spot on. And you were mentioning the phrase Gregorian chant to me earlier. That's something yeah, that you Yeah, a bit of chant music. Again, Why does that work for us, do you think? I think it just is very, very calming and very soothing and it just does something about not making your mind too busy. You know, okay. your mind is so full of things yeah. and, uh, you know, there's colours everywhere. This just centres you and allows you to see the wood from the trees. Love it. Gordon, your advice on music when studying. A yes and no or do you use it to calm people down? What is the story? You know, the AirPods and the ears sneakily under the hoodie. That's one that I'm getting used to. Yeah, it kind of, again, goes back to learning style as well. It's whatever suits. Some uh, definitely floats their boat. I've seen them immersed into music and been able to sit there uh, at total relaxation. Really? Yeah, others, no. It's uh, it's a noise. It's, a, it's an infraction in their brain when they're trying to concentrate in a certain area. So you are you're not saying no to music at all. You're you're sort of open to it. Oh, open, yeah. Depend on the person. Exactly. Depends on the person. Well, we have a little. That's rain, right? Apparently, on Spotify, people are constantly searching for aids to help them study. Right? Rain apparently is really popular, which I find for Irish students it seems kind of bizarre that you'd want to listen to rain. Susan, would you want to listen to rain while you're studying? No. <laughs> oh, there's a bit of thunder. <laughs> Jeepers, that's hilarious. I wonder why that appeals to us. I think we're going to move on to a thing called brown noise as well, which is the opposite to white noise. Again, that's going to calm us down. But somebody we were just discussing there, I think some of these music samples have had like millions, 40 million searches. Here we go. Would that help me calm me down? Oh, well, this was my wedding song. Hackabell Cannon. No. So again, what you were saying probably calms everybody down, feels very samey. Listen, what a lovely way to end our programme. Um, we are going to say goodbye to Gordon Weldon. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Susan McCormick, thank you so much for Pleasure, joining us. And Conor Murphy was on at this earlier talking to us about English. That is our lot for week one. Do get in touch with us on email at studyhub.rt.ie if you've anything you'd like to run by us. We are going to be back with you next Wednesday focusing on Maths Paper 1, Higher and Ordinary 11 and we'll be speaking French with our old friend Nick Grease. So check that out. And while you're trying to fill the gap until we speak again, do go visit RT Learn. Full of brilliant additional material and information for free to help you study better. But for now, from all of us here in the Study Hub, Sloan. Sloan.